0: If you like to get it done and not spend more than is necessary to learn anything, this is the podcast for you. It's named after my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless. Just 15 minutes every week, you will learn something cool to make your body better, your life better, your mind better. I share tips from my books, from other great healthcare books, some interviews with people who are making life look easy, and peeks into some case studies I see every day as a chiropractor. I've been a practicing healthcare provider for 40 years and have about another 20 under my belt because I love to see people get well, feel better, have hope, and make life better for those around them. My name is Kelly Pearson, and I'm the host of this podcast, so let's get going. Well, hello there again. Kelly Pearson with you today, and we have been on a roll talking about drama, and honestly, I've been in... In, in uh, entrenched in in some of my own learnings as of late, and I've written a couple articles for local news journals. And I'm I'm going to take a break from the mental drama and um, poke at the physical drama because you know w- when I wrote my book, eight minutes to ageless, I was trying to help people age well with less pain, and r- really, it, it's it was about how to reduce physical drama in your life. You know we we do dumb things to our body all the time. The drama part is not doing anything about it. So we're always talking about, yeah, life's gonna happen. You're going to have slips and falls and and racks and cracks and breaks and cancers and all the like. But if you do something about it in the best way and recover to the degree possible, then that means you're going to age well. And again, the whole goal is not to die because dying is inevitable and can be pretty fabulous when you're ready for it. But the whole goal is to live all the way up until you die. So, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to, like I said, we're going to take a break from addiction and self doubt and fear and gossiping and lying and pretending you like someone when you don't, um, on and on. And we're going to talk about something in the physical world that relates to almost. of us, and that is people who have had low back pain once in their past, or maybe if it's come back a time or two, or maybe you have it in this moment, that's about 70% of us, to be honest, closing in on 80%. And there are things that we can do to reduce our back drama. And I want to talk to you about a textbook I've been reading lately. It's a printed uh, on third edition and printed about seven years ago by a Dr. Stuart McGill, who's a brilliant guy, who is a researcher um, on steroids, that everything he says, everything he does is predicated on research and particularly looking at the human body and seeing which actions, which exercises, which movements reduce the newtons of pressure on our back. And so when I give you advice coming from Dr. McGill, it's sound. And um, he has permeated himself into the chiropractic and osteopathic world. So a lot of this information I've been aware of, but rereading his textbook reminded me of the particulars around the forces we generate in our back by doing the wrong thing. So I'm reading his textbook from front to cover which I do from time to time. Usually I'll just go to the meat of the text and, and play there. But I've decided that given his 50 plus years as a clinician, I really deserve it to myself not to miss any of his gems, any of his clinical pearls. So I'm reading page by page and not skipping to the parts I'm most excited about. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not one of those people that looks when I'm reading a fiction, I don't look at the last page and read it. That just ruins the whole thing for me. So um, I'm just going um, page by page and plan to get through this book um, in the next 10 days or so. Anyway, when I say everything he's, he's done is predicated on EMG, what that means is electromyographic analysis. He can put electrodes on the body and or needles into the muscles to figure out how much force is actually being generated. So you know it's interesting because a lot of the stuff you and I do have been doing for years. We've been told it's ah, oh, it's really good for you, like sit-ups. Well, OSHA, the um, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, has parameters about how much a worker who is a uh, blue collar should be lifting with every effort, and that's about thirty-five hundred newtons, let's say. And guess what? That's not very much. In actual fact, a lot of the stuff we do to try to stay fit, such as a sit-up produces about that amount of force. And that's just one of them. And some of us are doing dozens and dozens of sit-ups. It's, it's really very interesting to recognize that we do have to keep our core strong to protect our back, which is true, but you don't always have to curl up or flex your core, which puts the spine in a place of sheer force and an increased compression. Which is something we want to stay away from because when the spine gets compressed, that's when we end up with disc herniations or worse, the herniation penetrating into the vertebral body, the the vertebral column, the spine, and cause what we call end plate fractures, which are no good, where the the end of the uh, the rectangular bone, if you will, gets penetrated and breaks. And that sets you up for a whole bunch of downstream degenerative changes we don't like to see. So if we can't do sit-up, by the way, the worst sit-ups are straight leg sit-ups in terms of increased negative force on the back. That's where you lay on your back, your legs are straight, and you can do a sit-up. Well, if you can do that, it means you're pretty darn strong in your abs, but. Doesn't mean that just because you can do it sh- means you should keep doing a lot of them. Um, if you've had no back pain, you can live in a world of fantasy, thinking that won't hurt you down the road. But, but sadly, it does. Um, so, what is a girl or a guy to do? Well, in the show notes, I'm giving you an example of uh, what we call affectionately uh, the McGill sit-up, and that is simply to generate a force in the abdominal muscles without flexing the back meaning bending the back so how do you do it it's it's pretty straightforward and when you do it you go oh yeah i'm I'm getting this because when you're working on your abs that really is a collective of all the girdle muscles from the belly button back to the spine back to the spinal column and that's the transverse abdominus which is like a girdle and the rectus abdominis which is striated, and that's where when those get really strong, and you don't have a lot of fat on your belly, you start seeing the six pack. And then you have crisscross applesauce muscles called the obliques, and they allow good strength and flexion with rotation. In any event, this exercise gets all of them pretty effectively. So what you do is, and we we call this spine sparing. Okay, spine sparing meaning you're not going to hurt your back to do this. But if you do do this, you'll prevent back trouble down the road lay on your back and always 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 bend one knee the other leg straight one knee bent he dr mcgill has figured out if you keep one knee bent you reduce the forces the negative forces into the lumbar spine not both knees just one and you can go back and forth doesn't matter which one's up now and if you can take your hands flat of your hands Uh, and sticking behind the lumbar spine, that that little curve in your low back right above your butt. Now, you may not be able to do that if you have gross osteoarthritis in your shoulders, in which case you can take a rolled up um, hand towel and stick it under there because you want to support, you want to keep that lordotic curve in there, which magnifies the capacity for these abdominal muscles to do their work. I mean, we've been doing crunches forever and our back smashes into the floor and there's some utility there. Um, But today I want to spare the spine and keep that lordosis in place for for those of you who've had back pain or having it now. Then with your hands supporting that curve, what you do is, this is the hardest part to really get. If you put your fingers on your sternum and let's say two or three inches from the top of your sternum, your chest bone, that becomes the fulcrum from which you lift. So you're gonna to effort to bring your shoulders and upper back up off the table, but only two or three inches. And here's the deal, do not lead with your head. Don't flex your neck up. That's not, this is not a neck exercise. Your head stays in line with your spine. And this is the hardest thing for people to do because we're so good at flexing our neck all day long. So as you come up, you're, you're generating the force, you're coming up, your sternum is moving towards the sky your head's in line with your spine, you may not come up very much, but if you can um, take a break and take your hands out from behind your back and feel these muscles engage all the way from the pubic bone up to the uh, bottom of the sternum, you're going to feel all these muscles engage. So, you, you know, you might start with two sets of five and work up to two sets of 10 and work up to two sets of 15 and work up to two sets of 20, you will get, uh, you'll get shaky and you'll get to a point of fatigue, but you won't be hurting anything. You'll only be gaining, which I love. So as I mentioned, I'm putting a copy of that in the show notes. And um, there may even be picture of, I can't remember which which, um, I'm going to put in, but One of the pictures has the EMG attachments, the uh, surface EMG attachments. um, So you can see how he's measuring the force in the muscles elicited. Okay, so that's number one, the McGill sit-up. Absolutely a friend. I can think of no reason why that is a bad deal for you. Um, Obviously, if you've just had back surgery or abdominal surgery, that would be ridiculous. Don't do that. You got to wait until your body's healed to do these types of things. Okay. So that's number one. The, the other thing I want to mention is, we we're designed we're designed with these big glutes, these big strong butt muscles for a reason, not just to sit on them and be cushion. I've talked about this in the past, but when you go to stand up, your or even to sit down, um, we'll talk about standing up first. When you go to stand up, all that force should be generated by your butt muscles contracting and forcing your hip forward so that when you go to stand up, that that butt muscle tightens up and does the work instead of schlepping yourself up with your back muscles, which is never, never a good thing. They're just not designed to do that kind of work. And so Dr. McGill has um, taught people how to stand up and sit down kind of similar to the motion you are forced to do when you are getting ready to use the bathroom. So for instance, he calls it the potty squat. It doesn't sound very appetizing, but what the heck, you know, when you go to lower yourself down to the toilet, you're sticking your butt way out. Cause you don't want to miss the, the hole obviously. <laughs> and you know, you know, there's the back of the toilet. So it's not too scary, but if you have weak leg muscles, sometimes you fall onto the throne and that's not so good so um we want to have you know if you're really 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 weak you should have a toilet that is taller and you can get toilet extenders but for most of us we can control the fall by um using our leg muscles but i don't want to talk about that so much because it's an eccentric contraction and that gets into a little more complication but when you go to get up a lot of people are they're standing they're standing straight up and using their back muscles which is not designed to do and what you want to be able to do is bending at your hip maximizing the hip mobility you let your body go forward with the spine straight and then your head is kind of got a trajectory to the opposite wall that you're you're facing And you just push yourself up that way. And in that moment, you can feel your glutes, your gluteal muscles contracting. And as they get shorter, they will cause the the hip to move forward. And again, I'm gonna show pictures for you in in that capacity as well. So that is the potty squat. And my boys are talking in the background. I apologize, my my dogs have found a squirrel that they would love to chase and use their gluteals for sure. So really important to, to be thinking about that when you go to get up. And in actual fact, we'll come back and do a little more detail on that on our next, on our next um, podcast, because there's a lot to consider when you're going to get up. But for now, just be playing with the sit-ups, the McGill sit-ups, which are really not sit-ups as we know them at all, but an engagement of the abs. And again, that will be in your show notes and what i love is when people get stronger they have less drama in their life and i'm going to call pain drama pain when people get stronger in both in the abdominals and the gluteals which we're talking about this time they will absolutely 100% have less back pain the problem is people don't stick with the exercise long enough to build the strength so you want to be consistent every day every day every day doing these sit ups working up to two sets of 20 and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I have, I have I have, less back pain. And you really haven't even been doing anything different other than getting stronger in such a way that you're not ripping the scab off every time you move. This, this getting stronger will protect you from yourself. All right, then. So we'll set ourselves up for next time talking about a little bit more about that hip hinging process, as well as uh, ways to reduce tissue damage beyond what I've discussed. I hope you guys have a great drama-free day, or no, none of us are going to have drama-free days, but at least let's not hang out in the drama. Thanks. Have a good day. Hey, thanks for spending 15 minutes with me. My website, PearsonWorry.com, includes an awesome, if I don't say so myself, online classes I teach on chronic neck and chronic back pain, really designed to give you tools to kick your own pain. If you want to play on the civility workshop with us, You'll find the Zoom links on that resource page as well. Pick up my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless, for someone who's driving you nuts, moping around, feeling sorry for themselves. If you want to watch online videos of the active content of my book, go to 8minutesToAgeless.com. Of course, a great review of this podcast is always appreciated and even better to share it with a friend. Hope you have a terrific day.